Hey y'all, it's season three of the Be Your Own Kind podcast and we thank you, humbly thank you for tuning in. Be Your Own Kind's mantra is there is never an inopportune time to be yourself. In other words, be you without apologies. In this season, I will be presenting nuggets and interviewing individuals that are creating their lane and rocking it. Be sure to check out the featured businesses in the description box and follow us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, YouTube, and pretty much every platform. Okay, now let's take flight. Well, hello. How are you doing today? <laughs> hey, I'm doing I'm doing great. It's an honor to be on your podcast show to um, share a positive story of a 19 child out of 21 children. Wow. When I think of the 19th child out of 21 children, I'm like, how many rooms did you guys have in one <laughs> restaurant? <laughs> I tell you what, we had a big home. I can I can um, inform you that we had a real big home. Uh, my mother uh, was a great woman. She birthed 21 children by my father. So it was a lot of sex going on. If you remember the song, turn off the lights, hey, and light a candle. Doo, 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 doo. Okay, my father worked two jobs. After two jobs, I guess when the lights went off, that's when they started getting it on. How do you have that much energy after two jobs? <laughs> Did your mom work? My mom worked a part-time job. Okay. She worked a part-time job um, before she started um, a homeless shelter um, in 1970. She started a homeless shelter in 1970 when um, I was basically three months in three months in her stomach, oh, and wow. so um, she started it, and it lasts for about a good 45 years before she called it quits. So, um, love and charity, homeless shelter was a great. Uh, place in the city of Racine, um, Wisconsin. She was able to look out for the downtrodden and people that were less fortunate. She was able to give them food, clothes, and also provide shelter uh, for the homeless men and women in that community. That is so dope. That is so nice. So why does she call it quits? But she got she got old. She got old, and she couldn't she couldn't do it. And her um, cognitive skills started to deteriorate. And so as you get older, you're not the same when you were young. So your memory starts to decay. And that's what um, happened um, to my mother. Okay, okay. So you mentioned um, that, you know, that the the charity was somewhat of a distraction from you because she seemed to have, I guess I'm alluding to she spent more time trying to build that, which kind of took away from attention from you guys. Most, most definitely. She was more focused on the homeless shelter than building a relationship with her children. So okay. it was a dysfunctional um, place because even though my mother did good work, you know, I have to say that she did, she did more harm than good. You, you, you follow me? Yeah. Because the harm was on her children because she didn't give us adequate time, intimate time with her. And so um, it, it was it was like she kind of abandoned us and she 
shifted the responsibilities uh, to my older siblings. And a lot of my old, older siblings were very angry and upset and because they did not have that opportunity as as young teenagers, you know, to go to prom, to yeah. go to prom, school activities, you know, especially basketball games, football games. They never had that opportunity because they had to stay home with the young children. And so um, a lot of my siblings, um, as they got older and became adults, they kind of like they broke away from my from my mother and a lot of them didn't want to have anything to do with my mother because they wanted their own life they wanted to experience going out with friends and relatives and having a good time having a good time so it was some it was some functional moments at love and charity but um, it was also um, some um, dysfunctional moments as well and a lot of the men and the women um, that came through there it was like uh it was like a gas station. You come, they get filled up, and you and you move on. And a lot of them, you know, they saw the dysfunction. They saw um, my mom um, putting them down and putting us down. Um, that's the reason why I stayed in my book. My mom was never perfect. She was never perfect. My father was never perfect. My father died when I was eight years old. But you know, uh, it was hard on us, and we had to move on. But my mother became the commander in chief, and she did what was what she thought was the best parenting skills. So you got to look at my mom's history. My mom was born in 1934. So she was born in Vicksburg, Mississippi. She saw the KKK rape and murder her cousin. She saw the KKK murder um, um, her other cousin and lynch him. So those tragedies, adversities can really shape a child's life at the age of eight and nine and 10 years old. So I think those tragedies and running from the KKK and trying to live back then, um, it was very difficult for my mom, for her siblings as, as well, because you never know when are you going to return home. So I think that really shaped uh, my mom mindset as well as my aunties and uncles mindset you know it really did shape them and it's like it's 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 like it's ab it's abnormal to see these tragedies at a young age because you don't know how it's going to shape your mindset and i think that it really did shape her mindset about people and i think my mom really didn't have any feelings toward people because you know, she didn't show us any love whatsoever. And I think that um, she used love and charity as an escape mechanism, you know, to try to find love and happiness by giving and helping others. But what she ended up doing was abandoning her uh, responsibility as a parent. So how does that affect you as a parent yourself? Because you, you are a father, correct? Yes, I am a father. I have four children. I have um, two daughters mm -hmm. and two sons, and I have one um, granddaughter, which is, uh, um, she is uh, two, two years old. I think that as a parent and looking at my older siblings, it did not affect me at all because my parenting skill set came from my siblings. You understand? Mm -hmm. Because my siblings 
watched out for us. And so my relationship with my children is better than the relationship that I had had with my mother. That's the difference. I was very loving and caring and and I did homework with my children. I taught my children how to read. I, I told my children that I'm gonna turn their weaknesses into their strength. I was able to coach my children in basketball and baseball and football. And I was able to, you know, guide them and give them structure and discipline, you know, um, and, and, and guidance. And so I was never a friend to my children. I was a father to my children. And one of the things that um, I noticed with all of my siblings, my mother never did gave us hugs or never was affectionate toward us or, or, or say that I love you. So um, when it came to my siblings and also myself having children, we were able to, you know, love on our children. Tell them that we love them, you know, give them hugs, give them kisses. So it was totally different when it came to my mom and my father. I only had eight years with my father, but my father, I, I know, was very loving. Every time when he got home, he will always give us a hug and give us a, a kiss. My mother was the totally um, opposite. And that's why I refer back to what happened in her childhood really affected her. So you know you, you you really can't you really can't judge her, you know, because it's the it's the way she she was brought up. It's just the way she was brought up and what had happened, you know, in her in her in her life. And and I like that you said that because as a as a child, our parents are like superheroes. You know, we have these expectations for them. But when you grow older as an adult, you realize like, man. You know, it, 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 I can under, you can almost empathize with your parents when you become an adult because you're like, oh man, they were trying to do this and take care of me simultaneously with whatever informational experience that they had in their past life, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I love the fact that you gave your mother grace and you understood, you know, kind of why she wasn't um, as affectionate as you would have probably wished her to be. Mm. And, and another thing that I want to say, you're absolutely right. No matter what had happened in the family, in the Hunter family, we all look at our parents as superheroes. You know, my mother used to always say, she said, you know, when I die, you guys going to be surprised. She used to always say, you guys going to be surprised when I die because you're going to be at my funeral and you're going to be looking at that cassette and I'm going to get up and rise. And I remember this woman has said that to my mom at the homeless shelter, Miss Hunter, if you get up and rise from that cassette, I'm going to run like hell. And you know, when my mom passed away on February 29th, um, 2020, I went to the funeral and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about the conversation that my mom and I and this woman had at the homeless shelter. And I'm saying in my head, get up and rise. You understand? Mm -hmm. I'm saying it in my head, get up and rise. You said you were gonna do it. I believe you can do it. 
So we do look at our parents as superheroes. And I looked at her as a superhero in that casting. Wow, I'm so sorry for your loss. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, so I know part of your story is um, there are some triumphs because you are the, the first college graduate out of all of your siblings, correct? Yes, yes, yes I am. Um, I graduated from Upper Iowa University in 2012. I have a bachelor's of science in business administration. Um, it was an exciting day. Um, I made history in the Hunter family. I laid the foundation in the Hunter family. And looking back on it, um, I can say that now, as of today, a lot of my nieces and nephews went to college and graduated all because I laid the foundation that education is important. And not only did I do it for me, but I had to do it for people in our society that don't have hope, that don't have the courage, you know, to say, I want to go to college and become a college graduate, to become a teacher, to become a lawyer, to become a doctor, to become an educator. And we have a lot of children in the inner, inner, inner city need to hear my story to give them hope. You know what? Paul Hunter, mother, first 21 children. They lived in poverty. They never complained. He never made any excuses. He did what he's supposed to do. And now he's a college graduate. And if he can do it, I can do it. So it's 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 a it's an honor to lay the foundation. And it's an honor to go to the Boys and Girls Club, Big Brothers and Sisters, and, and, and share my story with at-risk um, students because I was considered at risk. I was considered to go to jail. I was considered to become a drug dealer. I was considered considered to be um, a um, an inmate, but none of that never happened. None of that never, never, never happened. I always look at what my siblings had did because my siblings, some of my siblings went to jail and went to prison. And I always learned from their failures and mistakes. And, and even if I did had a failure in a, in a mistake or a setback, I always used that as an opportunity for a comeback. I love that. Um, somebody I interviewed maybe a year ago, um, she said something to that effect of people that are older than you have the cheat sheet. You know, instead of us bumping our head, why don't we pay attention to those, you know, uh, ahead of us or what people are like our elders are telling us because they live life. So they have the cheat sheet of what to do and what not to do. So I feel like that's the approach that you took, you know, in your life. And not only did you do that, you created a legacy, you know, like you you broke you broke a, a, a generational curse, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. It was it was a generational curse. And and believe me, I always tell people this that the end is better than the beginning. Anytime when you start something off in life, it is difficult to get started. But the end results is always better than the beginning. Yes. It's just get through that middle, man. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But but you know what? When you, how you get through the middle is when you reflect back at the beginning and you say, I'm in the middle. 
Now you're looking back, reflecting back, and you saw how hard it was, how difficult it was getting started, but you're in the middle. Now you can move forward. And that's what I was, I, that's what I was able to do. I was able to, okay, getting started, yeah, it's difficult, it's difficult, it's difficult. Just imagine coming from the inner city. You walking into an institution, a black man walking into an institution. And the only thing that I said in my mind, walking into Upper Iowa University, there's only one direction I can go, and that's up. <laughs> so my question is, because you didn't have any um, earlier influences to um, to go forth with your educational career, what prompted you or, or prompted your interest in um, getting an education? What prompted me is that uh, studying my family lineage and okay. just discovering that no one on my mom's side or my dad's side graduated college. So once I had learned that, I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be the first. You know, I am going to be the first. And so, you know, uh, I became the first. I really became the first to graduate at college. And so what I want to do in 2021 and 2022, I want to start a celebration tour where I go around to the inner city and I share my personal story of success, you know, going to some of the baddest neighborhoods and, you know, uh, networking with people, different organization and, and, and speaking to the youth and to the kids about the importance of education, you know, about the importance of never giving up. You look at my story today, you know, 21 children, my mom birthed, yeah, that's a lot of sex. But if you if you break it down, you know, she stayed pregnant for 15 years and nine months. And they say, I did the research, they say that it really doesn't take six weeks for a woman's body to recover. The research says that it takes, when one woman has one baby, it takes 18 months for her body to recover. So my mother never did have time to recover because after six weeks it was on again i see now are there twins and triplets in in this phone there there there, there was one set of twins and that's it one set because oh. i assumed it was triplets but like oh that's 20 births yes one set of twins like i said there are 17 of us living there are 63 grandchildren and there's 87 great grandchildren and that legacy is continued continuing to grow and grow and grow it's like it's like my mother and father they planted the seed now the seed turned into a tree and now the branches we're branching out and that's all we're doing is branching out from generation to generation we just continue to branch out but we also continue when we branching out we also loving on each other we also caring for each other we also praying for each other so you guys are all tight niche then yes yes that's, we are that's awesome because you don't you don't you hear small families can't get along so that is amazing that that like you guys are still like holding it together and you know loving on each other like you said because family is really important you know um so do you guys have like family reunions like annual family reunions and if you do where do you hold them at 
we we hold our family reunion in Racine, Wisconsin. Okay. Um, since COVID, we haven't had we haven't had a family reunion. So hopefully, um, once COVID is over with, we'll be back having family reunions again. Okay. So, How have you guys coped and communicated during the pandemic? Oh, Not we, being able to see each other. Oh, we FaceTime each other. That's okay. what we do. We talk to each other on, on the telephone. Yeah. Okay, just that some because I know I know some people need that that contact, you know, that person to person contact. No, yes, yes, and I and I'm I'm one of those, um, you know, um, people that need that face to face um, contact. That's why I have an iPhone, and um, most of my siblings have iPhone, and now we're FaceTime them. You know, it was interesting because I was it was last week, and I sent out a message to all my siblings and all my friends to let them know that they played a significant role in my success, big and small. And I wanted them to know that I am grateful to have them a part of my life. That is awesome. Okay, back to the back to the sibling. Just one more question. <laughs> so was are you guys stair steps or was it are you guys years in between? Like I'm just wondering how long was your mom pregnant? <laughs> Oh, she was, uh, like I said, 15 years and nine months. Uh, if you look at Michael Jordan, Michael uh -huh. Jordan won six six NBA titles. Okay. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Jabbar, uh, won six NBA um, titles. So my mom won 15 titles. Well, you can say 21 titles because she birthed 21 children. <laughs> back to back to back to back to back. To back to back, yeah. Uh -huh. she, wow. birthed 21, she birthed 21 um 21 children. So um, it's, 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 it's a blessing to see a woman um, of her status and, and her background and what she's been through to birth 21 children. It takes a, it takes a lot. It, it really does. It takes a lot of courage. Yeah. It takes a lot of faith to, to give birth to all of those children, the toll that it takes on you mentally because learning psychology, they say that when a woman gives birth, that's the closest they will experience to death. That's what it says. So that's very, 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 very interesting. So, it is. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's so very, I, and then, she, then when your dad passed away, that was all on her shoulder. So, mm -hmm. you know, what a even more stronger pillar of strength, you know, of, of a person she was. But I did see in one of your previous interviews that you said that um, the village of Racine actually helped out. You know, oh, most, de most definitely. Yeah. I, and, um, there was times, there were times where, excuse me, we did not have any toys. And I, re I remember this clearly. It was people knocking on the door and they would literally run to their car. They would leave a Christmas tree on our porch. They would leave toys, food, a, um, anything that they had, clothes, you know, hand-me-downs, you understand? You know, turkeys, you know, on the porch because they knew the Hunter family. See, the difference is that we grew up in a community where we were close where we knew each other. Mrs. Smith saw you doing something, she had that permission to whoop your butt. And then 
When your peers got home, Mrs. Smith informed them what had happened and how she disciplined you. And your, you got it from your parents. You can't do that today. Our community back then was special. It was close. It wasn't no drugs and a lot of homelessness. It wasn't like that like it is today. We have a lost generation today. They so busy on their cell phones. They're so busy playing video games and they lack interpersonal um, communication skills. They really do. You're right. I go to a restaurant and everyone's head is down, like everyone's neck looking at the phone. I'm like, you could have stayed at home for that. We often sit at the table and look at our phone. <laughs> so, so yeah, I do agree with that. Um, and I do hear some adults saying they're even afraid to correct the child less known have a community like like you experienced because children can't really be corrected now they're afraid if they're going to be shot or you know like it's like the adults are kind of afraid to reach out to the youth um in this time which is pretty sad yes yes but i'm going to do my due diligence and i'm going to really be out here in the community um, knocking on doors um talking to the inner city kids making a name for myself and letting them know that um, that your purpose is bigger than your circumstances. And a lot of time, you know, we come from the inner city and we always magnify our circumstances. We magnify our problems. And when we do that, that's when depression, anxiety sits in. But why don't we magnify our purpose? See what I'm saying? And then that's how we're gonna we're gonna get that positive energy coming in because we are magnifying our purpose and we letting 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 um, letting people know that our purpose is bigger than our circumstances. Our purpose is bigger than our problems. I love that. I love that. And we need more people like you, people that's not afraid to reach out, or people that don't just watch the youth just fall by the wayside because it really just takes one person to reach out to someone it just takes one person to believe you know in you to to ignite you know your purpose or bring or help get you to your purpose so people like you we need more like that so i love you know what you stand for um you're also an author <laughs> you wear many hats <laughs> yes 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 i am the author of the book no love no charity the success of the 19th child the books chronicles my life uh, from the beginning all the way up until um, graduation. My book is a is a parenting book. It's a book that will give um, kids hope. It's a it's a book that will inspire people to take their game academically to the next level. Um, I talk about my parenting skills. I talk about the relationship with my children. I talk about the relationship with my mother. I talk about the relationship with the mother uh, of my of my children. <clears throat> and I also um, point out some of some of my faults and some of my insecurities in the book because I wanted people to identify who I am as a person. I'm just a typical normal person, and um, I had to straighten out some things in my life to become a better man to become a better father. And, 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 and I laid everything out because I want I want people to heal. Um, and, and that's what it did for me. 
it healed me as a person. It was cathartic for me. You know, it really freed me. It made me who I am today. So the book right now has been adapted into a screenplay, also tail flick production. They did the page pitch. And right now it's being pitched to uh, movie producers and studios um, in Los Angeles, California. And so anything can um, happen at this moment. I'm just excited that we were able to work together and get some things accomplished um, with Tailflick. Wow, that's super dope. Where, where can um, readers, you know, people that are interested in reading your book, where can they find your book? They can um, go to my website, paullamarhunter.com. Also, my book is available on Barnes & Noble's website, amazon.com. Let me say this. My book is totally different from my mom's book. My mother also has the book. Uh, the name of her book is Love and Charity, The Life, uh, Love and Charity, The Life Story of Louise Hunter in the Love and Charity Homeless Shelter. That's the name of my mother's book. It was written by Dr. Dennis James Woods. So the name of my mom's book again is Love and Charity, The Life Story of Louise Hunter in the Love and Charity Homeless Shelter. And it was written by Dennis James Woods. And that book right there is, is also amazing as well. So I, I, I think that people um, should go out and get both books, different perspectives, different writers. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty, that would, I'm thinking about how that would be interesting because you get to hear about, you know, your mom's life, then your interpretation of whatever affected her, how that affected you and how you had to heal from that and how you, you know, kind of catapulted, you know, your career and, you know, your writing career, your speaking career, because you're a speaker as well, correct? Yes, uh, yes, I am. That's why I indicated earlier that I like to spend a lot of time at the Boys and Girls Club yeah. and with brothers and sisters. Um, last time I spoke was 2019. I was over in Hawaii and I spoke at the Boys and Girls Club over there. It was over like three, 400 people that came out and it was fun. And um, uh, I was able to relate to them and they were able to relate to me. And speaking with the young men and, and the young girls, you find out that um, um, a lot of them are not at home with the parents. They wish they can be at home with their mother and dad, but mother and dad have um, drug issues, um, mental issues, and, and they're being raised by um, their grandparents. And, you know, you see that a lot today, you know, different generation, you know, uh, they're being raised by their, their grandparents. And thank God for strong grandparents that is, is, is really out there making it happen for their grandchildren because they want a better life for their grandchildren. So, you know, I get a lot of a lot of uh, respect to a lot of grandparents that's, you know, um, raising their own grandchildren because they already raised their children. They should be somewhere enjoying life. Right. You know? Yeah, that's true. Um, here at BYOK, we do have a staple question for all of our guests. Um, so the question is, if you could describe yourself in one word, what would it be and why? Determined. All my life, since I came into this world and started to think and develop, I've always been determined to 
to strive for excellence. When, when people would tell me you couldn't do it, I would be determined and say, I can't do it. Well, you know, that's the word that describes me, determined. I love that because I think perseverance is, it springs from that de determination to me. Yes. Yeah. So I love that how no matter what came against you, I mean, you lost your brother when you were young, you know, your dad, you know, then your mom, you know, had, you know, had her things and then she had the charity and things like that, but you pushed through. And not only did you push through to fulfill your dreams, you left a legacy for your family, all while healing, which is important because you can't really get, you. the most successful person I don't think can find joy if they're still not healed from past hurts or whatever triggers them or whatever and i feel like that is to me i don't know like real success is when you can live your best life and be happy like i don't measure happiness on money i'm always measured it on happiness and peacefulness and things of that sort and i feel like I just feel like you're such a successful person just looking like from my perspective of how you just push through and how not only do you want to keep that information to yourself you want to branch out and help other people heal and other people reach their goals and i think that is just that's amazing that's outstanding hey thank you thank you i really appreciate it yeah so um any besides the the upcoming um movie that um, i um, am, am excited in the future to see um any upcoming projects besides i know you say you're gonna you um want to start a tour anything else besides that well right now um i'm waiting on calls from the um nick cannon show the drew right. the drew berryman show uh barry drew barrymore show um and um a couple other talk shows as as well so I'm looking to um, finish up negotiation on a couple other talk shows and bring my story back to the national um, television networks as, as, as well. So, you know, I thank, you know, Dr. Phil um, because he created a show called Face the Truth with Vivica A. Fox. Um, they gave me an opportunity to come on their platform and, and really shine. And also Fox and Friends, um, the Tom Joyner Show. Um, there's so many people, the Morning Blend. Um, Ebony Magazine, they did my story twice. Um, another magazine that gave me a front cover of their international magazine was Breakaway Daily uh, Magazine. They featured me on the front cover of their um, magazine. And I really appreciate them for giving me the front cover of their magazine. Wow, your story is everywhere. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's an international story. It's I an love it. Story. I love it. So before we, you know, sign off, I just want to ask, what advice would you give to our listeners like that are that's just in limbo, like we talked about earlier, in the middle, and they're kind of like on the edge of giving up. What advice would you give someone in that instance? The best advice that I can give is that we all have been down. We all have struggled. The most important thing that you need to do is to surround yourself with positive men and women that will lift you up, that will encourage you, that will inspire you, that will tell you 
never give up. Never give up. If the 19 child came from adversity, ex almost experienced death, went against the odds, can do it. You can do it. Never give up. Keep the faith and never give up. I love that. I love that. And I hope you all were all encouraged um, during this episode with Paula Moore Hunter. As you as you heard, you can hear this story everywhere. You can actually read the story. So make sure that you, you know, purchase that book to be inspired and his mom book to be inspired as well. Um, thank you so much for being on the platform. You've actually inspired me. So um, thank you for your words of encouragement. And thank you for your, sharing your testimony with me today. Hey. Thank you for having me on as a guest. I really appreciate it. Um, for the audience, please go to my website, paullamarhunter.com. I am available for book signings and also speaking engagements. So please go to my website, paullamarhunter.com. Okay, are you on any social media sites? I'm on um, all social media sites. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram. Okay. And your name, is it Paul Lamar Hunter all the way through? Yep. Paul okay. Lamar Hunter. Okay. You can find me. Okay. Cool beans. Well, thank you again for being on our show. And to everyone listening, thank you for listening to this episode. And don't forget to be kind to yourself and kind to each other. Bye.